Hi, this is John Ozanting, lead pastor of Evolve Church, and this is the Evolve Church podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope that you find today's message encouraging and full of hope for wherever you're at. talking about the three enemies of our soul, the devil, the world, and the flesh. And specifically, we've been talking about the devil, the work of the enemy. We've been talking about his strategies, his focus, how he's at work in the world, how he's not. And the number one strategy of the believer is to recognize that the enemy's language is lies. And if he's lying, how do we know when he's lying? And last week, um, we read from Genesis 3, how do we recognize the lies of the enemy? How do we respond with faith and truth? We were talking about reasoning and understanding, often showing up in our thoughts as the enemy like tries to pull us away from the heart of the Father. And that reasoning and understanding can never produce what only trust in the voice of God, trust in what he has already said. Reasoning and understanding can never produce in our lives what only trust in the Father can accomplish. Dallas Willard says we truly live at the mercy of our ideas. And so are your ideas, your thoughts, your reasonings, your imagination, are they being influenced and moved by the voice of God? And the second idea we shared last week is when we believe the lies of the enemy, it always produces shame, withdrawal, and fear. And we invited all of us as a community to say, what what ways am I experiencing shame right now? In what ways am I experiencing real fear or anxiety? In what ways am I constantly scared to step into spaces? I I wanna pull away, I wanna withdraw. And if you invite the presence of God into those things, you're gonna find some lie from the enemy attached to that. We read from Isaiah 26, verse three and four, people with their minds set on you, you keep completely whole, steady on their feet, because they keep at it and don't quit. Depend on God and keep at it, because in the Lord God, you have a sure thing. And so, Father, we we position our hearts today, even if it doesn't make sense, even if we were like, I don't know all the answers. Right now, we just choose in faith to be a people whose minds are set on you. We are in you, our sure thing. Would you deepen our awareness of your presence today, Holy Spirit? As we set our minds on you, you alone, we invite your power and your presence to both make and keep us completely whole today. We're steady on our feet. We're depending on you, you alone. Fill us again, we pray. In Jesus' name. This quote from Eugene Peterson, the Jesus way wedded to the Jesus truth brings about the Jesus life. And sometimes we focus just on the way or sometimes we focus just on the truth, but if we want the lifestyle of Jesus, if we want to practice how Jesus engaged with the world around him, we need, we need both way and we need truth. We desperately want the life of Jesus, but are we willing to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus, to allow his ways and his truth to actually mess with how we live. 
Maybe you've been married for 25 years, and marriage right now feels like a chore. It feels like hard work, but you're like, let's just stay together because of the kids or the grandkids. Do you know that the way of Jesus and the truth of Jesus would love to breathe new life into your marriage? But it means you might have to change some things. Shoot, that's the hard part. It means you might have to grow a bit in how you love one another in a way that honors Jesus. I'm too grateful that we don't have to struggle against the lies of the enemy any longer. We actually get to look to our King Jesus and learn from his lifestyle. C.S. Lewis in the Screwtape Letters wrote this, we cannot tempt virtue as we do to vice. Sorry, he cannot tempt. And he is actually talking about God. Have you read Screwtape Letters? Great read. We've encouraged everybody in our community to read that book as a part of going through this series. So here's Screwtape and Wormwood learning how to mess with human beings. So they're saying God cannot tempt to virtue as we do to vice. He, God, wants them to learn to walk and must therefore take away his hand. And if only the will to walk is really there, his is pleased even with their stumbles. And what that means for us in the room today is God desires to walk hand in hand with us. God can't tempt you into right living. He can't tempt you into virtue. He can't tempt you to practice the lifestyle of Jesus. You have to take him by the hand and let him lead you. And trust that when you stumble, he's not bothered. He's right there with you. Jesus teaches us how to walk with the Father. Jesus teaches us. So let's learn from Jesus today. We're in uh, Luke chapter 4. If you have a Bible, you can read along. If you don't, the verses are right, right there on the screen. Luke 4, 1 through 13 in the NLT. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Then the devil said to him, if you're the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I'll give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you'll worship me. Jesus replied, the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, if you're the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect and guard you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. There's the devil, quoting Psalm 91, I believe. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. And when the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. God's word for us today, and I have two ideas I would love to share as quickly as possible. Number one, fullness is our intended default. Fight to stay full. We look to Jesus and we see quickly that how he lived, regardless of circumstance, who he was with or what he was doing, he lived full, full of the Spirit. Fullness is our intended default. Are you fighting to stay full? Then Jesus, full of the Spirit, 
was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. We stand fast against the lies of the enemy when we remember that we are full of and must stay full of the Holy Spirit. We hold the Father's hand. We see that Jesus did it. And God's not gonna tempt you to virtue. He's not gonna force you to stay full of his presence. You have to choose this. And you have to choose it daily. I have to choose it four or six or 19 times a day. But are you staying full of his presence? When we examine the life of Jesus, we quickly and clearly see not just the things that Jesus taught, but the nitty gritty of how he lived. And here in Luke 4, we see Jesus practicing what he regularly did, led by the Spirit into the wilderness to fast and pray. Luke in chapter five says this, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Here's here's one of Jesus' practices. Jesus, all God with skin on. Jesus, God, uh, the Bible word is incarnate, God with flesh on. Accessing not just a part of, but every ounce of the spirit of God inside of him. He wasn't missing anything, and he regularly withdrew to the wilderness to pray. We desperately want the life of Jesus, but are we willing to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus? Jesus did it. Maybe I should too. Because the Jesus way, wedded to the Jesus truth, brings about the Jesus life. For almost three years at Evolve, we've been teaching about the lifestyle of Jesus. If you think about it. This is not new language for us as a community. If you're new to the room, you've got some homework to do. You need to go back and listen to a few things. But uh, if you think about it, we've been slowly opening up our hearts and our lives to the languages of like spiritual practices and spiritual disciplines for three years. Spiritual practices such as fasting, prayer, scripture, silence and solitude, Sabbath rest, generosity, community, hospitality, simplicity, We've been teaching you about what it means to have a rule of life, what it means to build your life on a trellis. And if you tuned in to Becca's Devo this morning on prayer, she talked a little bit about the trellis. You know, a grapevine can grow just fine on the ground, but you put that grapevine up on a trellis and it will bear way more fruit. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to bear fruit and fruit that remains. And so this trellis that we're building our life on is Jesus' lifestyle. Not just looking at what he taught, that's important, but how he lived, his habits, his rhythms, and then copying them as his followers. If you go back to some of our series, Closed on Sunday series, we talked all about this. Healthy Homes, we talked about this. The Way of Jesus, we talked about this. The Uncommon series, we talked about this. The Perfect Church series, we talked about this. Battle Ready, we talked about this. Over the summer, Life in the Spirit, as we talked about Fruits of the Spirit, we talked about these things. If you were in the room on August 7th for part six, I talked about goodness as a fruit of God's Spirit. We read from Matthew 25, this the story about people running out of oil. And if you weren't in the room, that's okay. But if you were in the room, the invitation then was stay full, private communion with God, personal disciplines, a rhythm of rest and restoration, proximity to other people who know how to access the oil of the Spirit, living your life on purpose. These are not new ideas. We've been talking about this for three years. 
But when we look at Jesus in Luke 4, we see that he was full of the Spirit and led by the Spirit into the wilderness. We see our Jesus full of the presence of God, being led by the Spirit into 40 days of silence and solitude and fasting, not to get full, but to stay full. And so often we run to church on Sundays or we run to our Bible in a hurried moment in the day or we run to prayer throughout our afternoon because we were like, I'm feeling empty, I need to stay full, rather than live from a place of fullness and overflow. Six weeks Jesus spent, six weeks without friends, family, food, Wi-Fi, his smartphone, without his news, without his social media apps, without his perfectly extracted cup of craft coffee. Six weeks. Can I even go six days? Six hours. Let's be honest, six minutes. Can we do it? Can we do it? Somebody at the back said, no. (laughs) I want to hug whoever said that. Not on our own, no. Graced by, okay, that picture of us holding the Father's hand, full of his presence. We have trained them to think of the future as a promised land which favored heroes attain, not as something which everyone reaches at the rate of 60 minutes an hour, whatever he does, whoever he is. And this is screw tape and wormwood writing back and forth. One of the lies of the enemy is that the promised land is somewhere down the road, somewhere out there, not in the 60-minute hour that you're currently stewarding, right? Don't believe the lie. Galatians 5.25, since this is the kind of life we've chosen, the life of the Spirit, let's make sure that we don't just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. So this week, I want to invite you to work out the implication of staying full. I'm going to give you some homework. You ready? Here it is. This week, I want to challenge you to be led by the Spirit into just 60 minutes, one hour of fullness. One hour would be the goal. One hour, 60 minutes of silence and solitude, no distractions, no phone, no technology, no other people, just alone with God and alone with your own thoughts. No food, no water, no coffee, Jono. Just you and him. Bring your Bible. That's still the best way to hear from God. Bring your Bible. Maybe a pen and a notebook, but that's it. I dare you. I dare you. I triple dog dare you. It's real. 60 minutes practicing his presence. I want to challenge you to take 60 minutes of fullness. Because since this is the kind of life we've chosen, a life surrendered to Jesus, life in the Spirit, we're going to make sure that we don't just hold this as an idea we heard on Sunday or a sentiment that sounded good in our heart, but we're going to work out its implications in every detail of our lives. Maybe that means you get into one of our groups today. Begin to learn more about the lifestyle of Jesus. Begin to practice his lifestyle with a few other people. 
To quote John Piper, Jesus here begins full of the Holy Spirit. There's a great mystery here of how the persons of the Trinity interrelate, but the least we can say is that the divine nature of Jesus did not cancel out his human nature. The divine nature of Jesus didn't cancel out that he was a human. And therefore, as a human in the trenches with us, he availed himself of the same power offered to us in the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the love of his Father, with the marvel of his own mission, and with the hope of his own destiny. Jesus did it. Maybe we can too. Because fullness is our intended default. Let's fight to stay full this week. Number two, and I'm done. Just because it sounds like the Bible doesn't mean that it's biblical. Just because it sounds like the Bible doesn't mean that it's biblical. I have this amazing resource called Logos that I just, I buy commentaries and it's got all these incredible resources for me to study scripture. And one of the neat features in Logos, in the software, is, is the interesting words feature. And so whatever passage of scripture I'm studying, in this case Luke 4, 1 through 13, it gives me this color-coded graph of the most important, weighty, and interesting words from that passage. In other words, what should you pay attention to? So here is the Logos interesting words photo from this passage. So it ranks the words in different colors, but the, the larger the word, the more importance it has. So this is a copy right, right out of Logos. What two words stand out to you? Scriptures and devil? Tempted? Yeah, for me it was scriptures and devil. Those two stood out as like boom, boom. Interesting in a story about Jesus, the Bible scholars agree the most interesting words are scriptures and devil. Come on, track with me for a second. Luke gives us three examples of the temptations that Jesus threw at Jesus. Three examples. First, in verse three, the devil said, if you're the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. In verse five, Satan shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and says, I'll give you the glory of all these kingdoms, authority over them, because they're mine to give to anyone I please. I'll give it if you'll worship me. And verse 9 to 11, the devil took Jesus to Jerusalem to the highest point and said, if you're the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect and guard you, and they will hold you up. Just because it's something sounds like the Bible doesn't mean it's biblical. And, and one of the things that I learned years ago about the work of the enemy and how he lies to us is that the devil knows scripture. The devil knows the Bible. He's just, uh, his native language is lies. So he, he'll constantly twist and contort. These temptations are amazingly relevant for American or Western Christianity. These three temptations Satan skips over adultery and fornication and stealing and lying and murder. Those temptations are too obvious. Those are the games that sub-devils play with weak saints. Oof. Jesus is no fall guy. When Satan means business with a strong saint, he sticks with religion and he makes the Bible his textbook. Just because it sounds like the Bible doesn't mean it's biblical. 
With a heavy heart, I've borne witness to beautiful sons and daughters in 25 years of church work and ministry. Beautiful people laying down their calling, laying down their faith in Jesus, walking away from an eternally good and faithful God because of something material, something worldly, something temporal. Something happened to their provisions, their bread. Something happened to their property, their kingdom. Something happened to their protection. They hurt their foot on a stone. Something happened to their priorities. Bow down and worship me or something else. So this big question I have is do we really know, not just in theory but in practice, what the scriptures teach us about inviting the Lord of the universe to Lord over every part of our lives? Provisions, property, protection, and priorities. Those are the four things in this passage that the enemy went after. He went after Jesus' provisions. I see that you're hungry. Let me tempt you. He went after his property, his protection, and his priorities. And that's why when Jesus teaches us to pray, he says this, as you lead us to the test, Father, don't let the test become a temptation. Would you rescue us from the twisting wiles of the evil one? He always wants us to think that you're not as good as Jesus says you are. That's the enemy's MO. And so how's your relationship with Scripture? We desperately want the life of Jesus, but are we willing to adopt his lifestyle? Because the way of Jesus, wedded to the truth of Jesus, produces his life. If you're married in the room, or engaged, or been dating somebody for a long time, have you ever gotten a fight with your significant other? Like a doozy of a fight? Not I, no, of course none of us have. How many of you love the silent treatment? Come on, show of hands all across the room if you love the silent treatment. I've got a few people. Thank you for your honesty, ladies. I'll counsel your husbands later. Um, because by love, I meant that, I, I assumed you meant you love to give it. That's what I thought you meant, but how many of you? Uh, the silent treatment's brutal. Right, because if we don't dig deep, find our voice, and communicate our way through conflict, we'll never come through the other side. Which is why I think a lot of Christians are scared of praying out loud, scared of reading scripture out loud. You're like, I'll just give the devil the silent treatment. Because there's some lie that like, my voice doesn't matter. It feels weird to sit alone in my living room and pray out loud or read out loud. When I'm around a small table with other believers and somebody says, who wants to pray? I'm like, not me. Because <laughs> the enemy's after your voice. The enemy's after your voice. Jesus' response to these three temptations, pay attention. Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say people don't live by bread alone. Verse eight, Jesus replied, the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Verse 12. The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. And we're meant to resist the devil. One of our children, when, we, when he was quite young, when it came to conflict in the home or working through things, his default posture was to run away and find a dark place and hide. And that always impacted my heart as a daddy because I just want to sit with, with, with my children and actually talk through, work through things, communicate things. 
Did you know you're meant, with every, with every fiber of your being, with every ounce of authority that you have as a son and daughter of the Most High God, with the very same presence, the same Holy Spirit that Jesus is and was and, and always will be full of, the same, scripture says the same spirit that raised him from the dead dwells within you. With every fiber of your being, you are meant to use your voice to yell aloud no at the devil. And if we want the Jesus way wedded to the Jesus truth in order to experience the Jesus life, we have to learn from Jesus. So let God work his will in you, says James. Yell aloud no to the devil and watch him make himself scarce. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. And I love this language because sometimes we want to interpret this verse as yelling a loud no at the devil by doing this. It's inside my head. He'll hear it. It's inside. God knows my heart. How's that work in your marriage? How's that work in your parenting? How's that work when there's conflict at where I'll just keep it inside? I'll yell aloud no at the devil. No! That's a loud no. See the difference? <laughs> James did. <laughs> Sorry if you peed a little. You gotta use your voice. You gotta use your voice. You gotta find your voice. Do we really know, not just in theory, but in practice, what the scriptures teach us about inviting the Lord of the universe to lord over every part, provisions, property, protection, priorities. I have more homework for you. It's a big week, homework number two. Last week, I shared a whole bunch of lies that were submitted to us I put an Instagram story a week and a half ago, what lies of the enemy? We've been leaning in. What are some of the lies I've believed? And maybe this past week you gave a little bit of space in your relationship with God to say, I've got some shame or some fear or some withdrawal. What's attached to that? What are the lies you believe? And last week I shared a list of lies that were honestly came, coming out of this, this home. Beautiful, beautiful people believing horrible, horrible lies. I was chatting with one of our incredible leaders, Tony Baines, this week, and she says, could I take those lies and could I pray into them and just find scripture that speaks against those lies? That's a beautiful resource. And so here's your second bit of homework. We have made it as easy as possible. The Truth and Lies Scripture Resource. They're gonna put a QR code up on the screen right now. Pull out your smartphone. Pull it out. Come on, everybody. Pull it out. I know it's in your pocket. Don't check Instagram, just pull out your phone. Scan this QR code for me. And it'll pop up a link to a PDF where we've listed every lie that came out of this house and with it, some beautiful scripture to speak against that lie. And I want you to go through this PDF, save it, don't read it right now, I'm almost done. And if you missed it, they're gonna have a copy of the QR code at the info bar, you could just scan it on your way out, so if you missed it, but we'll just leave it up there for a minute. But this PDF contains a little bit of like, here's what you need to do, and with every lie that's been shared, you're gonna identify with one of them for sure. There's some beautiful verses there, some powerful scripture for you 
to sit at home and read quietly inside of your own head? No. For you to find a few moments, maybe in your 60 minutes of silence and solitude. Oh, they go together. Perfect. You've made it easy. Yes. In your 60 minutes, grab a hold of these scriptures and read them out loud. Pray them out loud. In your journal with a pen, write them down. Thank you, Pastor Brian Glubish, for teaching us how to write out scripture because that physical exercise moves heaven and earth to just settle our hearts into Jesus' truth as we live in Jesus' way. And then we find ourselves living the life that Jesus intended. Read them out loud. Write them down in your journal. Write out those scriptures. Pray them out loud. Yell aloud. I'm not going to yell no again because... Somebody's heart can't handle a second go around. But this is about you not using your quiet, God knows my heart, inside voice. This is about you getting militant and saying, I'm going to resolve conflict with the enemy by speaking out loud, by finding my voice and using it, by letting God work his will in me, yelling a loud no to the devil, and then watching him make himself scarce. Jesus did it. You read, you read through Jesus' response. Verse 4, Luke 4, Jesus said, no. The scriptures say, no. The scriptures say, no. The scriptures say, find your voice and use it. Only then will the enemy make himself scarce. Only then will the lies and the whisper of the enemy, the torment, even his ability to twist scripture, will it wither away as we practice the way of Jesus wedded to the truth of Jesus, finding the life of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we don't just gather in spaces like this or tune in to a podcast or a live stream just to have our mind kind of tickled. We're not here because these ideas feel good in our brain or these sentiments feel good in our heart. We're here today because we want to work out the implications of following your ways and believing your truth with every part of our life. We want to work it out. And so as we look to the life of Jesus... Last week we looked to Adam and Eve and how they were confronted with similar lies from the enemy and how they failed. And how they invited the enemy to lord over their hearts by believing his lies. That's not who we are. That's our old nature. (laughs) We have a new nature as we find ourselves rooted in Christ as we find ourselves yielded to and submitted to and surrendered to your voice, your spirit, your scripture, Jesus, your way, your truth, your life. And so this week we're going to push back against the lies of the enemy. We're not going to take it. No, we're not going to take it. We're going to dig deep, we're going to surrender to your will, and we're going to yell a loud no at the devil. We're going to get a hold of scripture that speaks truth to our hearts, speaks truth to our minds, speaks truth to our spirit, and we're going to find our voice, 
We're going to read it out loud. We're going to read it out loud, and even if it takes nine or ten times until we begin to believe that truth for ourselves. Father, would you meet us in this practice this week? Would you meet us in moments of silence and solitude where we turn to your word, turn to scripture, and yield the sword of the spirit that is the word of God that you've given us to be battle-ready saints to resist the devil and see him flee. He always wants us to think, God, that you're not as good as Jesus says you are. But we won't believe the lies anymore. We won't be contained by the shame or the fear. We won't be held back from community, real relationship with your church. Our hearts have been hurt. Would you heal? Would you mend? Give us courage to trust again. Jesus, we honor you. We want to live surrendered to your ways, your truth, your life. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. If you're ever in the Edmonton area, pop by for a visit. And if you need any more information, visit EvolveChurch.com. We hope to see you soon.